It's been a while, but much like WrestleMania, this really long and really shit show is back. Yes, it's Talk From The Top Flight, and I'm your host, Dean Smith, back once again, as ever, this time only with Bob. Uh, let's try and go seven hours, like like they did in WrestleMania. Um, but no Dean this week, because he stayed up all night, the fucking idiot, to watch that show. Um, so yeah. expect expect him to fire back next week with a strong babyface promo. Do you not think that, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to call out his employer, but will they not be like, wait a minute, Dean likes wrestling, Dean's not in on Monday... Maybe that's because of Russell Wayne. I mean, you're maybe giving, took a day off. You're giving them far. You're giving them far more credit than they probably deserve. For being smart. It's like in America when the day after the Super Bowl, like you everybody's also, off. You also you also give them credit for actually listening to the show. So, <laughs> so you know, um, there's been a lot of things have happened in the world of football since we were last with you talking about um, football video games. Uh, we weren't here last week. We can thank Dean for that one. Is that is that genuine? I, I never really got to the bottom of why that happened. I know we had technical issues. Was that why? Yeah, sure. Let's blame Dean. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've missed an entire... I mean, the week before, the Premier League games last week, weren't, nothing really happened that I can remember. But the Liverpool European won. games, a lot happened. Yeah, Liverpool won. Um, Do they play? Oh, Crystal Palace, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I know went, I know I, my I, club's games. I went to uh, United Swansea. That was great for 20 minutes, and then wow, we were bored. Wow, <laughs> much like United's season. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I suppose that's as neat a segue as we're ever going to get to the Manchester Derby. Bob, go on. Yeah, uh, you don't really want to talk about it. Oh, um, it's, it's an insufferable game, whatever way it fucking goes. I'd, honestly, like both sets of fans... Here's actually an interesting point, um, a question I want to pose to you. Based on the last five years, or City not the biggest club in Manchester, um, if you look at the last five years, I'm not talking overall, but... do you what By that, do you mean like when you walk around the street, who's most represented, or do no, you mean I, like I talk, who's I talk won about, more and achieved more? I talk about success, I talk about... Because I think now, walking about on the streets, I think it would be fairly even in Manchester between United and City. Um, I'm not 100% because I don't go to Manchester because, you know, I have, you know, common sense. But a uh, shout out to our listeners in Manchester. I'm sure there's maybe well, one. I, I, you know, I, I live on the cusp of it. Uh, it. You know, I can get on a tram and I'm there in 15 minutes. And it, it's not abundantly clear either way. I mean, there is a... It, I, I would say, looking at the... Um, I don't know. Maybe it, it's very balanced. I mean, the, the big thing that sways it, obviously, is if you go past any shop, it's a Man United player and it, not a City one. But I don't think that's. I think that's more to do with the, the fact, fan base. Yeah, I think that's more yeah. to do with United or stronger, a stronger brand. But if you look up away but, um, from the brand, but in the last five years since sort of Ferguson left. Post, post Ferguson, so I mean, they've undoubtedly finished higher than us more often. Uh, United actually finished ever higher than ever finished higher than City. Or certainly not since Ferguson left. No. Yeah. Um, is is well, tro- trophies though? I'm not sure, but obviously we're counting our seven. trophies. We're counting are pretty shit in an City, FA Cup, yeah, a league City Cup, one league. two league titles. Is it two? Yeah, two. there was uh, 2014. Uh, oh, and this one isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Oh, I'll be this yeah. one as well, yeah. Um, so before, yeah, but before we get onto the game, is the tag of noisy neighbours really still relevant to City, or is that just something to sort of antagonise the fans? I, I think that's well. I think now it's probably used more to antagonise the sort of United fan base, isn't it? Because, like you say, City could turn around and go, "We're not really that." When that comment was made, um, it was very much they, relevant. It weren't really anything, were yeah. they? Yeah, it, you were sort of right to say that at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think at that point he thought undoubtedly he would be able to keep them in their place. Yeah. As um, as a United fan, do you look at it as the city rivalry rather as a rather than sort of a sort of a smaller local club trying to become big? Do you look at it more now as a competitive rivalry? Oh yeah, yeah. There's still I, I still very much think though that they they do have a thing about them. And I think this is demonstrated in the way the fan base reacts to things. I think they're still adjusting to being a big club. Um, the club itself are... I mean, Guardiola himself said, didn't he? And journalists use it as a sort of being like, uh, oh, he shouldn't have said that. But I sort of think he was right when he was saying, like, we're not we're not quite yet a big club. You know, it, we're still... Yeah. That's a history thing, you know. And I think you did see that midweek against Liverpool. Like, I know that, you know, history 
doesn't really mean anything when you're on the field, but I do think it's a big deal going to Anfield in in the Champions League. That's daunting is if you're much, not Barcelona. Is it know. much? Is it much the same as Chelsea faced back in like sort of 2005? Yeah, exactly. But now they've had you know ten year, ten yeah, years plus, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, City City coming up on that, but they've still since they got the money. If they won, they won two league titles. This will be a third. Guardiola made the point in his press conference today um, as we record on Monday City have only made one Champions League semi-final prior yep. like only one in 20 uh, it's the year Leicester won the league wasn't it so not that yeah, season I think it was yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it might have been that season yeah but yeah it was yeah it was um, but yeah they've only made one if they made another one it would be their second like this is a club that's still very much on the up they've not established themselves at the top of the English game like they're very much going to win the title this season and the Manchester Derby was mere I think the Manchester Derby was not really a case of United playing well it was a case of United taking their chances and I think City being complacent like they thought the job was done I think it was much the same at Anfield in that they thought you know we can stroll in here we can play our game and they realised uh, that they couldn't actually play their game and they couldn't impose themselves the way they had done well, previously. It was slightly in the Manchester... I think that's that's 100% right for the Liverpool game. The, the, the Manchester derby was a bit strange in that they did play their game and it worked. Um, I just, just think it was complacent. Take enough chances. Complac- yeah. Complacency in the second half as well. But I think the second half is where you see what I was talking about before, is that we get that goal without really changing anything tactically we just sort of tried more uh we get the goal and suddenly everyone in that ground is like oh shit and i think if you're a more kind of status club you wouldn't think that because you'd be like actually these lot who have just scored against us they're not really that great if we just think properly and keep things tight and do it all right we'll be okay but they just seem to completely wilt when we got that goal like you know it it was completely all in the red it's, a, it's also a thing that I consider like United came back we've obviously given a lot of stick to Mourinho this season for you know obvious reasons do you think that was a halftime message from Mourinho or do you think it was some of the players actually taking responsibility for once especially some of the bigger ones like Alexis Sanchez Paul Pogba where actually well, actually the, took responsibility and went you know what fuck this we're going for it I mean the, I think for once they sort of they all have to come out with an element of credit uh, by the way they reacted obviously that first half was an absolute disgrace but I don't. I remember while watching the first half, I wouldn't really have blamed the manager. That I don't think the way they set up was particularly bad. And for the first 15, 20 minutes, they, they actually did all right. But then when they scored, our heads completely went. But then the, the, the quote going around, isn't it, is that at half time, he's supposed to have said, you know, we don't want to be the clowns when they're celebrating. And that has just G'd our players up. And apparently when they were going in, Ashley Young was going mental at them all, going like, you know, this isn't good enough. Which, you know, part of you is like, well, Ashley, you're partly to blame too. But, it's, you know, I, I do think that they sort of, like you say, the players thought, you know, we don't want to be remembered as the team that got dicked on while these lot won the league. Let's go and have a go. And then, you know, they came out and tried. Like, the, he didn't he didn't make a change. He didn't really, he sort of altered the shape slightly, but not... Not massively. It wasn't some massive tactical masterclass move. It was just all about desire. The players, which the players is, decided. Yeah, which is so silly in a league this season, which has been all about tactics and systems, really. And it all came down to like the who two, wanted yeah, it more. Really. The one, yeah, the one thing that is the one thing that has beat City has been twice this season has been desire. Yeah, like Liverpool, Liverpool just yeah, absolutely yeah. blitzkrieg them in that first fifteen minutes. Exactly, and we did the same in. Uh, well, what would be last week now in the Champions League? Obviously, we don't know what's happening because we're recording the yeah. day before the second leg. But you know that three nil kind of exposed City. Like, I think City are a wonderful team. They're great to watch, but they're rather all right. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get flagged for this, but they're rather like the Bundesliga in that it's great to watch, but there's something missing there. They don't. I don't think it's they a bit, have that. It's a bit clinical. Yeah. Um, the, there's, well, there's, I, no sort I, of, there's no sort of heart or soul to it. There's no sort of like feeling in a way. Oh, well, look, I'm completely on side with that. But And I know what you mean. Like that sort of element of... Well, I saw someone actually, someone else writing about uh, that Klopp versus Guardiola is like order versus chaos. Mm. And I am much more on the side of chaos as a sort of viewing experience. Uh, I, I completely get what you mean. It's like it's built in a lab and there's no kind of personality to it is there it's all straight lines and triangles and stuff i don't i like that kind of madness that you get with well like the liverpool attack 
Yeah, it's and like absolute chaos. Our uh, the, the sort of historical Ferguson United teams weren't. They were very clinical, but not in the not in the way that you're meaning. Yeah, there was always there was an element of freedom. Yeah, there was always a there was always a sort of a bit of feeling to it in a way. I mean, you, it's not it's you not intangible. Yeah, you don't get Cantona in that city team, for example. Like he would not exist in there, or or even someone like Zlatan. We saw him yeah, when he went to Barcelona. Yeah, or early day Ronaldo. Like he isn't. Uh, you know, when he was young, he wasn't quite in the mould. I don't. He'd have been shaped into a different type of player. He wasn't just allowed to go. And Rooney, especially, you know, Rooney sort of p- uh, positional indiscipline would not have gone down well in in this side. No. But uh, yeah, I think I, I still think this this City team. It might it might be this group rather than the club, but they do look like if they if things don't go well quickly, they do seem to sort of lose their head a bit. You know, yeah. I can't think especially- of too many games they've gone behind. That's and quite, come back and won. That's quite surprising, especially with someone like Vincent Company in there who's been around and seen it all. Like that City team that won the title in 2012 actually had a bit of feeling to it. Oh yeah, they were a lot grittier, weren't they? They yeah. had uh, Barry, Dion, yeah. Zeko, Balotelli. There was a bit of a... Um, there, was, there was a few bastards in there. Yeah. I mean, Zabaleta, you know, as well. He's a fighter. I, but, I'm, uh, very, I'm very surprised that with Vincent Company in there, they've sort of slipped to those two defeats. Yeah. Um, and he... Was it actually... No, he wasn't really at fault. No, yeah, he was. He, he didn't mark small in on, the, uh, on the, the free kick. But obviously, he scored the first one. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't really remember the... Oh, he should have closed down Oxlade-Chamberlain well faster in the Champions League in the first leg. Uh, there was so what, much space. strike and a half. It's a great shot. Fuck me. Uh, I mean, I look, it's a weird position. It's a very weird position to be so pleased with a Liverpool victory. But uh, just purely down to, I think, more that I prefer Klopp to Guardiola in that kind of... Yeah, that's basically it. And I've always hated it when the media fawn over any team. That might come from ultimate, you know, really bad bias of that it's not my team and it used to be my team. But I, I had like I didn't like it when they went on about Leicester all the time. Like it's the people's club. Yeah, I hated it when they talked about Liverpool like that when they uh, ultimately didn't win the league in yeah, the it's, it's sort of like a media hype thing. It's like yeah, they're not doing anything. Incredible. Just because wrap your pitch. Just because you like them doesn't mean that everybody else does. <laughs> like you like yeah, what like we you, tell you to like. I mean, some of them have been saying about this City team that they they may be the best Premier League team that's ever existed. And now we've got nearer the end of the season. They're moving further and further away from other great teams. You know, they're not the Invincibles. They're not going to have won it earlier than anyone else. They're not going to win a treble. They, um, they can. They well, can. They, break, they could with a League Cup. They're going to break. But, they're going to break a goal. They're going to break a goal record. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's probably going to happen because they're on ninety goals with six can, games to go. They've got fifteen still, goals to get. Can't they still? They're, they're pretty on for the record points. Aren't yeah, they? they're quite they comfortably like yeah. for the last six. Or yeah, they're quite comfortably on for the record points as well. I think like uh, most home wins, I think is on the cards as well. Maybe I think uh, most away goals is on the cards quite comfortably. Do you, uh, just one thing that I wonder, and this again, this is just a test where my own brain is. Outside of my head, are the original Mourinho Chelsea teams remembered with a massive reverence? No, right. See, I they're they're that... much they're much the same to these city teams in that there's not a lot of feeling. To, they're winning machines, but there's not a lot of feeling there. Like yeah, you, you, I... wouldn't, you don't remember that. Like I remember them being just like fucking brutally effective. Yeah, that was my memory of it as well. That it was just like I mean, both those years we were miles when, adrift. I think one year we came third, even. Yeah, um, I think four or five. I think it was. Didn't Liverpool finish second? No, it was uh, Arsenal. We finished Arsenal. Fifth. There was a year, wasn't there? You finished above. Uh, anyway, uh, no, we finished. That yeah, was like, the first. The first season of Mourinho, we finished fifth and won the Champions League. So right, but I, I think like infin- the way the, the way people talk about the invincible side, the way people talk about obviously the the United. I mean, the United treble team obviously won all three trophies and you can never take that away from them. But they won the league on the final day. They, I mean, they, they waltzed the, the FA Cup. They needed extra time against Arsenal, but then barred Newcastle. Then obviously the Champions League, they win in extra time. Just, it's not like they, they didn't steamroller everyone. There were a lot of games where they, they could have lost and by either sheer will or genius or whatever, they managed to win. It's like, it, it's very different to the way that the City team's gone around winning things. But 
I guarantee you that treble side will be remembered more fondly than this City team if City don't win the Champions League. 100%. You know, because it's a more... And if had that Liverpool team in 2014 won the league, I think, uh, uh, does anyone ever talk about that City side that won the league that year? No? No, it's always like, it's always Liverpool blew it. It's the same, <laughs> yeah. it's the same on 0809. Liverpool blew it rather than United won it. I, I than... would say that other than I, th- I think people roll that United side in with the one the year before that won the Champions League because it's basically that's same, the same squad. Yeah, that's very so, that's that's true. But I think also that Liverpool squad as well was so talented as well. That was a yeah. that was a squad that should have won the league. We lost twice all season and we blew. I mean, it. I remember that that year. I, I, I'd like to see the stats again, but I'm pretty sure we don't really do that well against other big sides. We just no. batter everybody else. Yeah, no, uh, that, sounds, that sounds about right. I mean, you uh, you won four one, I think, at Old Trafford, didn't you? Yeah, was that not that season? That was that season, um, yeah. But like, it's but the then, same. It's the same with that. I just, yeah. I suppose it's. I suppose it's. It's a thing of consistency. It's City have picked up points where they needed to, and United's United's form has picked up recently. And United haven't actually done terribly this season. Looking at the table, they've only drawn five and lost five. But but you, you can't win a league title losing five games anymore. I don't think. No, I, I mean City uh, have, unless City, you're Leicester. City have drawn. <laughs> City have drawn and lost. Have won. You know, City have drawn and lost half as many games as United. Yeah, like they've only dropped well, points I, in five games. That's a phenomenal record, no matter which way you cut it, no matter how you feel about I, the team. I think the the problem that uh, United have had, they've finished second to City, which is always going to damage them. Though obviously, if you're United finish second to basically any team, you'll get abused because we're rivals with everyone who's up there. Um, and then it's also players. about well, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think the thing that. Mourinho is conveniently forgetting and trying not to mention is at the start of the season he went in all hard on like we're going to do it here we go yeah you know, so quickly we were on the race and, you know can it's this is this is kind of an interesting point I'm glad you sort of point this up can you view this season as a success for United I think if if they given go that, on to win the FA given that you finished in the top four last season you won the Europe well you didn't in fact finish in top four my apologies no we finished sixth yeah. yes you finished sixth so you're in the top four this season. You're gar- you're pretty much guaranteed. You're 14 points clear of Chelsea at this point with six games to go. You're pretty much guaranteed a top four finish. I think Liverpool and Spurs as well. I think the top four is fairly clear. We'll touch on Chelsea eventually, but um, yeah. like you know, I think the top four is pretty much set as it is now. There's a 10 point gap between Tottenham and fourth, and oh, Chelsea and fifth. That's, yeah, that's, that's done. That's yeah. a phenomenal. It's a phenomenal gap. And barring a minor miracle, Chelsea have a game in hand on us. So it's, you know, worst comes to worst, it's seven points with five games to go. It's a phenomenal gap that re- probably can't be bridged. We've still got to play them, mind. But, you know, um, can you view this season as a, as a success for United? Or is it one of those where it's like, right, yeah, we finished second, but we should have done a lot more? I think it all just depends on how you view it. If you look at it cold of last year we were sixth, this year we were second. Um, and if, if he does go on and win the FA Cup, which I, I still find incredibly unlikely, um, but then you could be like, is second and a, and a trophy? That's probably about equatable, isn't it? To six and a trophy and a well, obviously we we got two, but one being a league cup. But if you look at it the other way, of we invested a load of money, uh, a lot more than everyone around us, other than City. Um, and then if you look at the the manner of how we have played and the games we have failed to win you could maybe argue you know a lot of them you think if he'd just gone about it in a different way we might have done a bit better and you know at, at that point when United played Liverpool way way back when we went and then went drew nil nil and then after that we got beat by Huddersfield and all of that you know it's then they were close and then it was sort of like we sort of destroyed our own season by the way managed it you know and I think it, it I, I think that we have got better and that is a good sign I've still been incredibly critical of him all year that I don't I, I'm not sure he can bridge that gap but I would argue that that second half on Saturday showed that if we go about it the right way we're not that far off them going toe to toe you know player to player it's just about doing that over a season you know uh, I think I've written it before but I think these these people who say we need five or six players are talking shite. I don't think we're that far off. I think we need one or two, maybe. That'll be about it. Uh, Do you... But I, I'm a better manager. <laughs> so, obviously, United were incredibly clinical at the weekend, looking at the stats. It's like five shots, four on target, scored three oh, goals. Yeah. Like, it's incredibly clinical. The players are... Some of the players are there, right? Do you think that it's a case of... 
those players actually producing consistently. Because Paul Pogba hadn't scored or assisted in about 20 games or something, I think it was, was the stat, before the yeah. derby. And yeah, it's great showing up for the big game and getting all the praise for that, but... Is there not I mean, a question? with him specifically... When did, when did he stop being injured? That's a serious question. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, exactly. I think it was... Was it November or something? It was a long time ago. Look, it's it's bad form, and it can't. it's not that... In his case, it's not all down to the manager. It is him as well. It's an idiot system he's playing in sometimes as well. Is that he thinks he has to do a certain job? I, so I, I, think, I don't that, think I don't think Mourinho's stupid enough to try and shackle him. Like well, I, personally, I, I, think, th- I, I think that I think that United are having a real problem where the United players are stuck in like, okay, we've got Mourinho, we need to play in a certain way, and Mourinho's Mourinho may be telling them something different, but they're like, right, okay, we need to, you know, maybe play safe. You know, because we want we want to, we don't want to be dropped. We don't want to be treated like Luke Shaw. If we take a risk, are we going to get in trouble? I mean, that's that's absolutely definite. There there are lots of players who have acted like that, and there are moments where you know we've seen Rashford do it, Pogba do it, where you think Martial as well. You think like if they'd have been more free, they'd have tried something, but instead they'll double back and lay it off, and they they are frightened to get things wrong. I think with Pogba specifically. He's, He's done lots of things with him where he started the season with him in a specific role and it worked brilliantly at the start, which was basically like, you know, in the in the base, but he had the freedom to go. And we just crushed people um, early on. Then teams started to work out how to play against that and Pogba started to be confused, so he tried to move them around. And he's basically, since that point, been shuffling him about in different positions. And then other players have either arrived or, in Lingard's case, got too good to drop for a period so he's had to try and work out to get them both in and it's just all been very muddled and we've basically had a season of it working things out is that not just poor planning then in that case because surely if you're going to spend a world record fee at the time on Pogba you'd have a a system to play him in or you'd have a reason to buy him rather than just buying him as I think United have done since Ferguson left Um, and this is a big criticism I've levelled at United is that when for example Di Maria and Falcao arrived and I said to a friend of mine who was a United fan, I went, this isn't going to work well because they don't fit. They're not what you need. They're not what you they, need. And I suppose Pogba might have been what you need, but I think he was more bought on name value alone and the fact that United let him go and they're like, we need to have him back. He's so good, I mean, we need to get him back. No undoubtedly, our, our transfer business since Ferguson's gone is, is we sign big names and try and work out what to do with them. Uh, Which is I, absolute I even, nonsense. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wrote a thing on the, the United site sort of basically arguing that we we need a sporting director figure you know someone who is separate from the manager and the board who plans things over five or six years of like right we'll buy that bloke he'll go there and then you know like they do in germany and in italy in spain even and it i do think that that is the way that football should go now because a manager is not there long enough it's it's not a good idea and to give if, that level of responsibility to there for two years. Surely someone like Mourinho, who's obviously, this is a guy they're going to invest a lot of time in, they're going to give time to, because he's proven. He's got a track record, right? Surely yeah. they would have someone working with him where he's like, right, this is how I want to play. This is how I'm going to set up. These, these are the kind of players that I like. These are the kind of players that I want. Surely then they will work together to identify. He's like, right, okay, I have an idea for Pogba, but if I get Pogba, I need this player, I need this player, I need that player. Yeah, and I, I would, I, I don't care when you get I mean, them. Obviously, but just get them. I've got no insider knowledge, but I would be absolutely shocked if that's what's happening. I think Mourinho is going to. Well, I think post Mourinho, he's going to them with a list saying, "I want these people," because uh, I definitely think that was the case with the when we bought by Mkhitaryan, Zlatan. Does Zlatan obviously work for marketing stuff as well? Yeah. Lukaku is a very much a Mourinho signing, I think. Uh, Lindelof maybe that is just our scouting department still clinging on but the other problem we've got as well is we very much go to agents and the agent gives us a player you know we're very in bed with Raiola and Mendes aren't we like you know all our big players are Raiola clients (laughs) like yeah but uh, it's I I still think that we're we're not too far off the where we need to be really I just hope that they don't spend another summer buying another six players and then we go through this rigmarole all over again I think like you say they just need a longer term I assume I, I assume when Mourinho got the job he was uh, given the board promise of sign high profile players <laughs> yeah yeah and he's definitely uh, hit, filled that fil- philosophy because that's all he's done 100% more uh, confidence <laughs> yeah fuck the results uh, 
But no, I mean, yeah. I mean, overall, I suppose second is an improvement. Top four, Champions League football, minimum requirement, but flamed out in the Champions League really badly. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. And even even for, like, oh, we denied City the league. Like, I don't see how any... Uh, yeah, you won the derby, but I don't see how any United fan can be proud of the fact they stopped City winning the league for a week. It's just uh, it's just an extra dig for the for the period I after suppose, the derby, really. I no suppose, one care beyond Yeah, them. I suppose it's a dig, but is that not kind of a small club mentality? It's like, ha-ha, we stopped you. Oh, you just like, say that because it, it winds them up, but you're right. Ultimately... What? Who's going to care in a yeah, few months when like, they've got the trophy? It should, it should never. It should never be that. Like, no. if United fans are going to celebrate this derby, when celebrate it because you beat your local rivals. But like, what I what I would say was it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, one of my favourite things ever is grown men crying at football. So we got more of that. And as uh, I don't know if Dean said it in our Slack chat or on Twitter. I think it was on Twitter he said it. It's like you'd think they were getting relegated the way they were acting. Like. <laughs> You know, it's one game. Yeah, I, I suppose <laughs> like, they they wanted it so badly. Like, yeah, I, I can understand why United fans would be delighted about that. But at the end of the day, you should be more delighted about the fact that you beat them in Derby rather than, you know, I oh, think yeah. I think but, I think City fans. If I was a City fan, I'd be on it and being honest, I'd be like, I sound you beat us, but you're still 13 points behind with six games to go. We win the next game, we've pretty much won the league. Like, exactly like you're, they, you're not you're not going to overhaul barring a minor miracle you're not going to overhaul us so like we'll let you have this one win but we beat you Old Trafford we got further in the Champions League we won the League Cup you know like we're going to win the league sound I think that's why it's it, you can't really talk about this derby game without the Champions League game before it because I think so much of what happened is because of that game you know Liverpool win City do not expect our City fans going into that game are like this is a chance to get to a semi you know we've got Liverpool we've beaten them 5-0 already this season yeah we've lost them before uh, but we put three past them again put eight goals past yeah, them yeah you know here we go this is a really good chance and then within the first half that's almost burnt out uh, you know now, now going into the derby you're thinking oh Christ well you know that didn't go to plan but here we go we've got um, the derby coming up oh, but he's, he's resting a few people hard oh, take that you know here we go and then you're giving your flyer and your banner ready to cheer you're 2-0 up you're all laying 20 minutes in you're thinking here we go and then it starts happening again and the goals are going in you're 3-2 down everything that you thought couldn't happen is happening and it all just kind of I think that's why it's it's all wrapped in like a terrible week and then depending on what happens on Tuesday you know that it could be even worse or they could have this monumental comeback obviously where we're sat now we don't know yeah but uh, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool lose 2-0 yeah They'd I mean make it really difficult for ourselves that would be yeah, such like a, a Liverpool, that would be such a Liverpool thing to do oh, 90th I minute Loris Carrius super to honest, save to be honest I'm surprised we didn't concede at Anfield I was waiting for the second half to go Pete Tong yeah I mean well Liverpool did really well really uh, I mean they, I think really best, rather than City being off season. it yeah rather than City being off it I think Liverpool made them look off it if you know what I mean Van, and that's Van, Dijk, Van Dijk was sensational through that game yeah absolutely sensational but you know and to be fair, myself, myself and Dean were also giving him grief when Liverpool signed him, but he's made a real difference. Like Dean, certainly. Only, yeah, we've only we've only lost four games in the league all season. Really? Is that right? Yeah, we've drawn four. ten, but God. yeah, um, it's it's a tough. It's going to be a tough one. Um, also, this Derby weekend, a Merseyside Derby happened. <laughs> yeah, which and I now have, it's time. Uh, and now it's time for good bad. I was going to say I haven't seen a second of that game. Oh, it sounded like... I don't even want to fucking watch it. Fuck that. Like, I can I can get so far to fuck. It finished nil nil. I woke up, saw it finished nil nil. I'm like, ah, oh, it's plenty. I'm not, I'm not watching that. Fuck off. That's why there was no Panda Pundits this week. Because the Manchester Derby is insufferable and the Merseyside Derby is shit. There you go, kids. And I can't be arsed watching Crystal Palace fucking labour a draw. So there you go, kids. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose that takes us on to nicely onto good bad so this is our weekly segment where we discuss who did a good who did a bad perfect grammar as always yeah so bob this week who did a good uh newcastle united got a win against leicester and they are now a whole 10 points clear of relegation which despite them not having 40 points i reckon is safety um, yeah, they're, I'd imagine they're pretty safe. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure with throughout this good bad, we'll end up discussing who's sort of in danger and not. But you know, Newcastle barely any are investment. They called, are they called Stoke City? <laughs> um, Newcastle have had barely any investment. You know, in January they desperately need signings, and they get uh, desperately need a striker. Get Islam Slamani, who I think has played 15 minutes. Is that right? You know, 
has been pretty awful, really. But they get Kennedy and this new Czech goalkeeper in on loan, and they've both been very good. Hey, the people Rafa Rafa's working with his limited funds, and he's Rafa's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. I mean, Jamal Jamal sells. No one was talking about him in goal. I mean, people, I'm sure people were very positive about him when they were coming up, but there wasn't anyone being like, this guy's going to go get an England cap. And then now, you know, there's people arguing he should be in that squad, whether or not that's particularly correct. He's definitely, you know, he's been great. This Lejeune who they've brought in, the Frenchman, uh, has been alongside him all that way. John Joe Shelby goes through games when he looks absolutely amazing, and then other ones when he doesn't. But John Joe Shelby is one of those that you have to sort of indulge. To get the best yeah. out of him, he's not going to defend. But we've, you know, that, we've discussed that, this before as well with Newcastle. It's like they're a, they're a championship remember. squad. I think. Yeah, really. I, can't, well, I can't remember what week it was, but it was like nine of nine of a team that started. I think it was maybe in the Bournemouth game where they drew two all at Bournemouth and threw away a lead. So yeah. nine of that game were regulars in the championship. But I think the the best way I think of illustrating how well Newcastle have done, and I know that it's not quite brilliant because of where all these teams are but they are only three points behind Everton who spent ridiculous amount of money and who also spent most of the season getting grief from us yeah but like you know so because they're shit but even even with a few you know if if Leicester can trip up a bit Newcastle could potentially catch Leicester too they're only five behind that I think that's highly unlikely but you know they they would not have expected to be in this position even two months ago 100%. when they were sort of hovering around that thing. So I think they just need to be praised and you would hope that maybe one day someone will buy them and give Rafa some money. And no matter what, no matter what way you look at it, if Newcastle stay up, it's a good season. Oh yeah, and I think he'll stick around uh, as well. I think he's, he's on a sort of no-lose situation really unless some mega club came in and he thought I have to take that chance he's got no reason to leave he he knew instantly if he was not going to get any money and if they go down it's not his fault yeah but he knows his squad's good enough to just about stay up so if he gets <laughs> if he gets a couple of bodies in he'll be able to stay up and they bother and he's proved that to be fair there's been a couple yeah. of few moments but he's proved it you know yeah. I had I had no doubt that Newcastle would stay up oh, I, I did and not really because of the manager just because I thought even yeah, no, with that no, manager, even, that squad is bad. No, even, but yeah. with, even with the manager, I thought you know they'll be smart. He'll be smart enough to know where to pick up points and how to pick up points. And I mean, yeah. they're now what ten points clear of the drop zone. That's that's it's impossible for them to go down. I think you could think, see in his face after they yeah. they interviewed him uh, and he said and they asked like are you are you safe now and he said two points. But you could see in his eyes he was thinking like we're there. You know. Yeah. To be honest, to be quite honest, and I think this probably defeats the purpose, but I think anyone below, anyone from West Ham up is safe at this point. What are you calling it now? Including West Ham? Yes, including West Ham. Yeah. The only thing I would say against that is, one, West Ham still very much have the ability to completely implode. Of course. Uh, And two, Brighton have an awful running. Potentially, but... but I think you're probably right, yeah. Look at at the form of the teams below them. (laughs) And look at the teams below them as well. Fuck me. I'm sure we'll touch on at least one of them in the in the bad section. Oh, but yeah, that was my good anyway, Newcastle. Anyway, yes, um, my good this week was West Ham because you know they picked up four points in the last two weeks, so it's not all terrible. Anyway, but I mean a draw against Chelsea is is a cracking result for them. As bad as Chelsea have been. Oh, true. They've got four points in the last five games. Yeah, which is the exact same amount as West. <laughs> no, seriously, it is. Right, God. Fuck me. West Ham for Champions League. Um, so, Bob, who did a bad? I can't remember if we talked about this before, but I think I might pick Chelsea as my bad, unless I've got someone else I want to absolutely lay into. Well, I can tell you now, I'm not going to talk about anyone in the, I'm not going to talk about anyone in the Premier League for my bad. So. All right, well, I, I suppose... Well, before we properly go into Chelsea then, do you want to have a discussion about the the very bottom of who we think might go down or anything like that? Or is it just going to be the same three we always know? If it's anyone other than Southampton, Stoke and West Brom at this point, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, I, I still fear for Huddersfield. That's my big shout. Yeah, I can see that. Palace as well. I think Palace are throwing away too many leads. But to be yeah. honest, there's like a three-point gap between them and Southampton who are 18th. Southampton do look shit. Yeah, but, and Stoke look even worse. Oh, I think I think that was it for Stoke. Oh, West, and, Brom, West uh, Brom are gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's only the beauty of maths that's keeping them up. Um, uh, yeah, Chelsea, uh, yet again being ahead in a game and 
then thrown it away. Obviously, we didn't record last week after the Tottenham game. That's a very different opponent. But, you know, you're 1-0 up at home to West Ham and to then only get a draw. When West Ham had had, like, three touches in their box or something before that goal. Let's be honest, West Ham are shit. Yeah, like, really shit. Really Uh, shit. We've covered this plenty of times. Fuck West Ham, they're shit. But then, they, you know, they bring on uh, Javier Hernandez, who just... Shout out more than a club podcast, which I appeared on. You know, they bring on they bring on Hernandez, the Chelsea killer who always scores against Chelsea, and uh-huh. he did it. I mean, they sort of serves them right for picking Gary Cahill, I guess, who looks absolutely shot. Uh, well, will Will Conte survive the summer? I don't will, think he will, wants will to. Be, will this be an Ancelotti thing where he'll like lose at Everton on the final day, thanks to Jermaine Beckford, and get fired instantly? Is that what happened with Ancelotti? Oh, yeah. I, I've forgotten that. Got fired like about an hour after the game. Like Jermaine Beckford scored like a solo goal, never played in the Premier League again, and Ancelotti <laughs> got fired. I mean, what a, what a fucking story! Uh, but I, I, I'm not sure if he'll get fired. I wouldn't be shocked if he walked and went back to Italy. I mean, the Italians are going to announce their new coach on the 20th of May, haven't they? They've, they've announced the date they will announce it, but not who it is. Interesting. That's a very uh, Italian I don't know. Thing. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised, seeing as it's Italy, I wouldn't be surprised if they like said they're going to announce it then and be like, actually, we'll announce it a week later. And we still wouldn't have one, and we're going to announce it in October. I mean, I don't know how that can stand if maybe it is Ancelotti or whatever, but I think it's very clear to everyone that Conte doesn't want to be there. Uh, and it's just, it's a very strange situation where they're sort of walking towards the end of the season with sort of everybody being like, well, he's definitely going. Arsenal are only three points behind them. I know, if they catch them, like... Unreal. Imagine yeah. the scenes. But yeah, I, I don't, you know, he'll go and then they'll be in a very odd place where the new guy's not going to get billions because they've been pretty clear about that. Could sort of go either way, I guess. It could be brilliant or it could just drop off a cliff. I don't know. But this, this, you know, they have been very, they've been sort of consistently bad for quite a while now, haven't they? Uh, it's not been great, yeah. The played, they, played all, they played all right in uh, in Barcelona. Like they played quite yeah. well in the camp. They did quite well. But apart from that, they've not been shown up. No. Like, it's, not, it's not been brilliant. But yeah, that's my bad. Um, my bad this week is going to be the goalkeeper of Hellas Verona, Nicholas, for getting sent off and making the final five minutes of that game very fucking interesting for the crowd in attendance, which included myself. Yeah, time for the uh, talk from the top flight continental corner yeah, that we've so had on, in the past. We're on yeah. tour. Talk from the top flight on tour. Yes, um, yeah. we. I was... So the reason I wasn't here last week but apart from technical difficulties was i was in milan and i may have ended up at the inter verona game at the san siro which by the way wonderful stadium uh very good very easy to get tickets to as well Sixty thousand well, people and there was tons of free seats i was going to ask this because uh, when we spoke before you went you weren't actually planning to go to a game so I was, yeah i was only planning to go to the stadium tour however i was convinced by my pals to go to 25 euros for a ticket really that was it that's it. God. That's it. On, um, and we're in the top did tier. You get, did you get them on the day or did you get yeah, them a few days no, we've before? Yeah, we got them on the day. Just turned up? Yeah, t- turned up and there's a wee ticket stand. Um, God bless the Eurozone crash. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 20, 25 euros. Um, Inter were amazingly impressive. Very impressive. Um, I think they've only lost three games all season in the league. Um, but they were... Verona were shit. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They're 19th for a fucking reason. They were wank. Holy shit. Right. Um, but no, uh, Icardi scored after a minute thanks to some woeful defending. Like, Ivan Perisic got the assist from a throw and he literally picked the ball up, flung it into the box. No one reacted and Icardi scored. Um, God. Rather strangely, on every seat in the San Siro were uh, cutouts of Mauro Icardi's face. <laughs> so we well, took, so they, yes. they officially love him again then because they, yeah. they used to um, hate him. They're back on side. Yeah, there, no, there was quite, there was quite a few um, impressive performances. Uh, Verona were not very good. Um like, they were decent on the ball, but they had absolutely no midfield. It just didn't seem like they had a plan. Rolando Aaron's place for them. Bit shit. Yeah, which I didn't... I did not know that. Oh, he's, he was so lightweight. He lost literally every time a breeze came. He fucking fell over. Like, he wasn't great. Um, Romulo, who plays for them, who plays for Verona, he was uh, playing on the right. He looked very impressive. Um, but the sort of the main standouts were from Inter. Uh, I thought Gagliardini was... Superb. Yeah, looks like a really top midfielder. Ivan Perisic was, you know, he got two assists and a goal. Icardi got two, but 
I thought uh, Icardi didn't really do much, but you know, fucking dead. We got a couple of sniffs, and that was it. Uh, Perisic, he tr- he worked hard. His final ball's a bit lacking at times. Sometimes it's a bit sketchy. Um, the player that probably impressed me the most was Miranda. He was just different class at the back. Unreal. And he's now like, he'll be 33, 34 oh, or something. Morning, he just strolled through it. Like, yeah. barely broke sweat. Like, literally never looked like he was in trouble. Um, his partner, Milan Skriniar, uh, was excellent. Xiao Cancelo was also excellent. Rafinha looked very, very good. Um, he yeah. had some wonderful Did- touches. So where where do they play Rafinha positionally? Uh, right behind the striker. Um, right, so yeah, he's, he's so basically was, a ten. So him, Perisic, and Candreva sort of floated about. Candreva um, yeah. wasn't brilliant, but I thought Rafinha was absolutely excellent. Just different class on the ball. Um, this is. Uh, I just wanted to ask, and it's more about my lack of knowledge. What where does what does Gagliardini sort of play like? What does he? What's his skill set? I've heard people say he's very very good, but I don't know why. Like what? He's what does he do? So he's great on the ball um, so Broz- Brozovic next to him was very very quiet didn't really notice Brozovic so much Gagliardini uh, he got forward quite a lot as well so he was able All to right. get into the box as well uh, he missed a couple of good chances in fact he probably could have probably should have got a goal to be quite honest but um, you know he sort of broke up play he was always available for a pass out of the back I thought Inter as well were really quick in moving the ball around. Right. really quick um, very very good very, very impressed with with Inter's play. Um, the game did die out towards the end. They, they took a cardio off. Um, obviously, the Milan derby was last week, so they took a cardio off after his two goals, about the hour mark. Brought Eder on. Uh, Borja Valero came on. Davide Santon came on. At which point, <laughs> I was. At which point, I can't remember what it was. I was like, Rolando Irons is there. <laughs> Davide Santon is there. I was like, where's Mas- where's Masadio Haidara? Yeah, Where is he? Waiting somewhere in the wings. Emmanuel Riviere, come on down. <laughs> um, like a fucking new, uh, Alan Pardew, Newcastle, Price is Right. <laughs> fucking Yanga and Biwa, come on down. Yeah, he, he inexplicably ended up at Leon, didn't he? I think yeah, he's still there. Phenomenal. But, like, yeah, I was very impressed with Inter. Um, but, hilariously, um, so Inter should have had a penalty about five minutes to go. Eder got hauled down in the box. And we're like, how the fuck is that not a penalty? And then, Nicholas, the Verona goalkeeper, took Eder down on the edge of the box when he was cleaned through and got a red card somehow. <laughs> it wasn't a red card. It was never a red card. Like, he wasn't last man, but he got a red card. So I was like, uh, boys to my pals I was like boys uh, they've used all their subs and incredibly they sent Romulo who was impressive outfield and the shortest player on the pitch <laughs> they put him in goal and he went on to make a double save <laughs> it was genuinely incredible we were like waiting we were just, we were just waiting for like the last five minutes it was just like just have a shot please I want to see he made a save with his feet and we were like <laughs> by, by the time the ball hit the side net and on the second one we were pissing ourselves laughing <laughs> it was incredible so he kept a clean sheet then um, Yes, we also saw the most Italian thing of all time. So in the Inter fans, um, at one point, a mass, a minor brawl broke out. God, within and their a, own end. Yeah, and a boy just took his belt off and started swinging. <laughs> and he was just fucking flailing. Well, that, that was something that I wanted to ask about. Like, So what's the like approach, the atmosphere around it before the game? When you're in there, like, because you said there was lots of empty seats, was it quiet or is it? No, no, still quite loud. It wasn't quiet at all, right? Because uh, they have, they obviously have their their ultras camp at one end, don't they? Uh, at San Siro or yeah. Giuseppe Miazza, as he's supposed to call it when it's the Indy Games, but so they just like belting out stuff all game at one end, and then you know, do they have segregated seating? No, in um, Italy, there's. There is, there was a little, there was a little pocket of Verona fans in the top, in the top tier at one end. But apart from that, it was all Inter fans. Yeah, it was generally a decent atmosphere. Right. So you definitely it recommend it to people then. Yeah, I'd hundred percent recommend going along to if you get the chance. If you're in Milan, you get the chance. Go. If and it's not a big game, go to, uh, go to the San Siro. Either in or euros. either, uh, yeah, either in or Milan. It'll be twenty five euros. You'll be up in the top tier, but. Uh, it's well worth it. It's, it's yeah. a great view, no matter what way. Like, um, I'll send you a photo, Bob. I'll probably tweet one out or something. But well, there's no wherever you sit. Uh, well, unless I misunderstood, there's nowhere where you, your vision could be blocked. Is there the way they've designed no, it? No, the only the only thing the only thing that'll block you is on the top tier. They've got like sort of a uh, like a plastic barrier almost, so you don't jump off. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Um, but apart from that, like that can pluck your view a wee bit. But if you go a bit higher up, you get a decent view. Like the players didn't look like ants or anything. There's always a good view. And where right. we where we were sitting on one side, they don't have a third tier, so you actually see out onto the city. So we were looking Ooh. out onto the city on the other side. Right. I mean, would, uh, outside of San Siro, would you recommend Milan itself, or uh, is that good? For a short break, yes. <laughs> I think you know, I think it's it's a nice it's a nice place. It's a nice place. I have no trouble at all. As long as you buy a tram ticket. Right. If you, okay. get, on the, if you get on the tram, don't that happen to one of my pals and she got fined 40 euros on the tram. Oh, well, that goes for like in but Manchester. I suppose, yeah, but I suppose that's from being like sheer stupidity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, we told her this, but she wasn't having any. Oh, well, karma. And it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I can give brief because she won't listen to this. <clears throat> right. So all we need now is Dean to go to a Spanish game. Pretty much, yeah, Dean. Yeah. Get your finger out your arse, son. Yeah, get Go down and build bow, you menlist. Just wait, just wait until he reports back from, like, fucking Leon or something. <laughs> yeah. Be get him in amongst it. Um, and next on uh, Top and Buff Lights Continental Corner, I'll be going to Sterling Albion. <laughs> Have you actually got that coming up? No. God, no. <laughs> God, no. I've got better things to do. I have, I've been to one. Right. Is amazing. that... Is, that's... Is that close to where you, uh, you grew up, Sterling? It is, isn't it? No, I'm from the borders. I live in Stone. That's it, yeah. Got it the wrong way around. And I can say that quite confidently on this podcast because we only have like five listeners, so no one's going <laughs> no to stalk me. Right. Uh, have we got anything else to mention? I, I don't think we do. I mean, uh, Ronaldo's overhead. That was brilliant. It we was all right. Oh, come on. When I saw that, my my jaw actually literally dropped, like, for real. But Shout out to the boss. Shout out to the boss man, Chris Darwin, who uh, may have pointed out that it wasn't that great. Where, where is he getting that from? What's his reasoning for that? Like, an overhead kick's great and all that, but there have been better ones. Like, Rooney's was way better, ten times better. I just think... Rooney's, like, it, Rooney's it comes off his shin, though. That's yeah, the... but it goes ends up in the top corner. Ronaldo's... It's a bit like it's a bit dribbly. He was seven and a half feet in the air or something, wasn't he? That was the that was the bit for me. Ah, Rooney was, like, Rooney was Rooney was quite high as well, was he not? And like what 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 I always found funny about Rooney's is that in in my memory of it, though I'm sure if I watched the video it wouldn't look like this. It's as if some as if he went to kick it and then someone like paused time and like clicked clicked right clicked him and put rotate and he sort of swung round the way he kind of does the overhead kick he's got his legs apart as he jumps it's very weird he doesn't like Ronaldo's is sort of a perfect arc of his leg bending round Rooney's he like swivels his body to with his legs apart to hit them but it's very more, strange it's shape more sat- it's more satisfying if you're going to do an overhead power. kick if you're going to do yeah. an overhead kick put it in the top corner yeah none, none I mean of this, an, none of this pussy shape putting it in the bottom corner obviously as well it was in a derby at a time where he was being berated as being done and finished yeah. and then he did that yeah um, I just think I just think Ronaldo's is like it's a great goal it's not all it's cracked up to be though. It for me it's right up there because it, it comes you know what it, it, Messi Messi would never have needed to do that because <laughs> he's, ten, he's ten times the player Messi would have finished the original chance when he broke exactly. through just yeah, before or he would he would have ta- he would have taken the ball down and still scored but when when the ball's airborne and coming through the air and you're looking at him and he's starting to do it you think Oh, he's not going to try that. That's just, and then it's like, oh, it, it worked. Like that. That was the. I think it was the build-up of him of thinking like, oh, the, that ball, the ball was in the, the ball was in there for that long. It was kind of like, well, I mean, he's got to try it, surely. Yeah, and it, it, you know, and it, just to hit it so well and the arc of the ball's so good. That's why I like it. It's like looped straight. He's hit it really true, but it might end up in the bottom corner rather than the top one. I can't quite remember. I thought it did it the top. No, it's right. But I mean, to get to then get a standing ovation afterwards is just oh yeah, um, that's that's impressive. And he didn't really know what to do with himself, which was quite weird because he always knows what to do with himself. But he sort of just this weird, like humble, like thanks because you know, you know, you don't want to be the prick running around putting two fingers up after someone's given you. Oh, I would uh, <laughs> giving it the Mick McCarthy. Yeah, oh, I don't I'm fucking good. Fuck you. <laughs> Bow down to but, me. I am God. Yeah, so um, hopefully something interesting will happen in the next uh, round of fixtures. I don't know who anyone else is playing other than City play Spurs and we play West West Brom. Oh wow! Which you're going to lose. Oh, I we play know. Bournemouth at all. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, Newcastle, we should be, Arsenal. I think we should be honest that other than the cup competitions, the season is very much petering out. Very like, much so. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've got the Champions League and when when people remember that it happens again, the FA Cup, but even the FA Cup, it's four big teams. You know, it's not, it's exactly. not much narrative, but Hashtag yeah, narrative. we're all just waiting, we're all waiting for the World Cup now. Hashtag content. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure as we get near the end, we can change format and do team of season and yeah, things like that. Cetera. And then we can throw it during the World Cup. I know, Paul, we'll have, we'll have an off-mic discussion about exactly what the hell we're going to do for all those months. That's, I don't know. That's thinking too far ahead. That's thinking too far ahead, Bob. Christ. Yeah. Fuck, I don't even know what we're going to do next week. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know if we've got anything else to talk about. Nope, I haven't. Uh, Listen to all the great podcasts on... Uh, I almost said the wrong name. Is it Ronnie Dog Media? Yes. Ah, a man who knows his stuff. Man, man like Bob, please. Yes. A man yet to sign up for Wacklet, or whatever it's called. Wacklet, I haven't done yeah. that yeah. I have signed up for it. I just haven't been on because it was being like, you can't confirm your email. <laughs> this is fake news. I've had a busy weekend. <laughs> yes, yeah, busy weekend. We'll go with that. <laughs> That's my busy few days. That's my excuse. Sounds more and more sordid the longer you let it hang. That was my hope. <laughs> Busy right, uh, where, few days. Where can people find us? Where can people find us? Well, you can find me <laughs> in Sterling at my addresses. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, you didn't mean that, did you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Rip. Um, you can find us, of course. You can find me and Bob on Twitter. I'm at Longballfoot. Bob's at Bob J. Priestley. You can find Tales from the Top Flight at Tales from TTF. You can find us at TalesFromTheTopFlight.com. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and any other fine podcast provider. If you search for Tales from the Top Flight, we of course listen. We of course recommend you listen to all the other Ronnie Dog Media podcasts, including more, more than just a club podcast, Friends of Liverpool, which is the Cop Table, and of course Tempo Ten, our good friends. Yeah, um, which I I a hundred percent listen to every week. That's not even a flippant bullshit. I enjoy it a lot, uh, especially what I thought I would not like when they ask content creators questions, and I actually like that because I thought I'd be like these stuck-up pricks, but <laughs> <laughs> they're nice people. Who'd have thought it? There we go. There we go. FM community in nice guy shopper. Um, yes. So I think that's all the plugs we need to go. Talesfromthetopflight.com, as always. Find us, review us, give us five stars, tell us you love us, please. We don't have many listeners, and we'd like to be the third worst listened to podcast on Ronnie Dog Media, as opposed to second. Yeah, come on. Who who are we better than? I can't remember, you know. I think it was an abbreviation I didn't recognize either, so I don't know. Oh, was it on the left side? No, because I think they were red. Bastards. Yeah. Anyway. Please don't make us the worst. Please listen to us, please. Please, no, please, seriously, please. Please. Please.